Welcome to the I Love Recruiting Podcast with your host, Adam Roach. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the I Love Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Adam Roach. And today, today's going to be a super exciting day for myself because I am going to interview someone that is near and dear to my heart, a friend, a mentor, uh, someone that gave me a break 20 years ago. And he's one of the top producing agents out of the Keller Williams office in the Beverly Hills Market Center. Everybody, I want you to give a big I Love Recruiting welcome to Mr. Lee Ziff. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. So great to be here. <laughs> Man, 20 Man, years. Happy to have you. 20 years. That's ridiculous. 20 years. Let me, let me give you all the background real quick. I'll give you the uh, abbreviated version. So here I am. I'm a Hoosier, right? I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Went to Indiana University and thought, you know what? I'm going to head west because that's where the stars are shining. And when I got there, I opened up the phone book. I was living in a one-bedroom apartment, and it wasn't my bedroom. It was my buddy's bedroom. So I was sleeping in the kitchen on a futon. That was the very first thing I bought in California. And I opened up the phone book, Lee. I don't know if you know this story. I thought, you know what? I have a tennis background. I played collegiately. I taught tennis. And I thought, I'm going to go into the tennis space. And so I pulled out the phone book, and I went to tennis. And there was no A for tennis. Beverly Hills Tennis was the very first place that popped up. And I faxed in my resume, and then the rest is pretty much history, man. And that's that's how wow. I got to know Lee. Lee was wow. the owner of that club, everybody. Yep. Wow. I, you know, I, I never heard that story. That is amazing. That's great. I love that. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I figured we just went to the University of Indiana and recruited you. <laughs> so, so here's more of that backdrop. So I faxed my resume in. Uh, the general manager at the time, his name was Jeremy Peck. And Jeremy, I sat down with Jeremy uh, and the other owner, Steve Wallfish, and we sat down out, outside on a picnic table. And uh, I don't remember how the whole interview went, but they basically said, yeah, your resume speaks for itself. And someone passed gas. And the next day I know they said, you're hired. And I thought, well, I can fit into this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so now fast That's forward. Right. I, I worked for Lee at Beverly Hills Tennis uh, from 2000 till 2009. Uh, we had a great time working there. We built up this incredible tennis facility, tennis club. You did, you did an amazing job there, Adam. Beverly Hills Tennis. And then I joined Lee at uh, Keller Williams in Beverly Hills. So, Lee, that's enough of my background story about us. Tell, tell us who you are. Tell us who Lee, Z, Lee Ziff is. Um, been in the business uh, for, wow, over 22 years. Mm -hmm. um, still loving it. Still love making deals. Um you know, I've uh, been uh, sheltering like everybody else, but my cycling has been keeping me sane. I'm an avid cyclist, a former national team member, and now I'm just another old guy in tights on uh, Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you a fun, one short story for, for your crowd. I, I think this will be fun. The, uh, 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 we're pedaling up these hills in the Alps. There's a group of us. And... Uh, we come across this this woman and uh and she said um you know you, you guys are pretty old be going up this hill and he goes yeah we're just a bunch of mammals which stands for middle-aged men in lycra and she goes oh don't flatter <laughs> yourself you think you're middle-aged she says she, she says you're just you're just a bunch of puffins 
Puffin. Yeah, pathetic, unfit fuckers and nappies. <laughs> Only in the Alps, right? <laughs> Only you, may have to bleep this, you may have to bleep this out. No, we'll, we'll put an E next to it. <laughs> okay, so let's go into Lee Ziff. So, so Lee Ziff, 22 years in the business, a Los Angeles native, right? Yep, yep. Los Angeles Grew native. Um, cyclist extraordinaire. Uh, let's see here. What a, incredible friend, incredible mentor. I'll go back. So, so Lee, he had just transitioned his business from uh, Colo Banker to Keller Williams. And I'll never forget, you handed me a red book. And, and you handed me the red book. It was like, you know, this is the MREA book. And the way that I remember it was I had gone back and forth and you're like, hey, listen, um, I think you'd be great on the team. Uh, why don't you come in here and help me with page 202, which was the organizational model. And, uh, and that was kind of my entry into formalized real estate outside of flipping homes. And Lee and I were on his team uh, for probably about a year before I entered into the team leader role, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were here for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you were talking about uh, moving back uh, to the Midwest. And mm -hmm. we said, well, You'd be a great team leader, man. So let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to you real quick. So, so catch us up in the real estate space because our listeners are recruiters. They are real estate based. They're entrepreneurial. Um, they are agents. They're, they're all over the world, many walks of life. So walk us into 22 years ago when you got into the real estate business. What was the pull for you to get into real estate? Well, I think I've got a, a somewhat common story. I uh, did my uh, first apartment building purchase and was represented by a guy who was competent for sure, but I ended up doing most of the negotiating and I had fun with it. And I thought, geez, I could do this. So um, I was ready for a career change and uh, jumped in. Um, I tend to over-research things before I get in. So I talked to a lot of people trying to decide, do I want to be in commercial real estate? Do I want to be in residential real estate? Do I want to work for myself and hang my broker's license? Do I want to join a big company? If I join a big company, should I join it uh, as an assistant to somebody else to learn the business? Hmm. All of these questions, I talked to dozens and dozens of people. And I, I jumped in, I joined uh, the most uh, productive office in the nation at the time, hmm. which was uh, Colwell Banker's Beverly Hills office. And it was a wonderful place to start my career. Um, I got an assistant about six months after I joined and people were laughing at me. Nobody had assistants then except the big producers. Yeah. And I came from the business world. I was used to having people handle the administrative stuff. Makes sense. One agent came up to me, laughed. He says, so what are you guys going to do together? Play cards? <laughs> uh -huh. And little did they know you were getting ready to out probably sell that person, right? It worked out pretty well. I've, I've, I've had really wonderful experiences with great people working as my assistants. And most of them have gone on to bigger and better like maybe none bigger than you, but other <laughs> people have gone on to, to great stuff. And I've, I've had a lot of support through my career. And I, I think without even knowing it, I was practicing, you know, the kind of leverage that the MREA talks about. Yeah. Hey, let's go down that path real quick. So you know, I coach real estate agents right now. I coach recruiters. And, and I love the, the story of only being in six months. Six months, and you're pulling from past experiences to say, hey, listen, 
I don't want to do this shit. I don't want to handle any of this administrative stuff. I'm going to bring somebody in. So walk us through that path. What, what, what did that look like when you thought, you know what, I'm going to hire an assistant? Well, I had been thinking about it and it's funny how sometimes, you know, the universe uh, comes to your aid. Mm -hmm. um, uh, don't, don't tell my partner in the tennis business this, but <laughs> this guy was calling for a position at the tennis business and somebody gave him my phone number and and uh, he just sounded so good mm -hmm. i said well why don't you just come talk to me here at my real estate office instead of meeting me at the tennis business <laughs> and, and i hired him and fortunately i had some financial reserves coming from my uh from the tennis business full-time and so i was able to pay him even before i was really up and running with a lot of production and within a few months, I had enough production to cover his salary, and uh, we worked together great for probably three years. Yeah, that's great. So I hope everyone just heard that he had reserves. Yeah, he had some, he had some powder on the side, and he used that to hire this person, and then he allowed that person to help him leverage and then get more productive, right? Yes, yeah. and I, I think people have to be really careful about that. I mean, you know, uh, Keller Williams always talks about leading with revenue. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have the money before you're spending the money. And I think that's in general, very sound advice. Yeah. And I, I think too many agents today have gone the other direction. I think when I got in the business, too many agents were trying to do it all themselves. Mm -hmm. Now I hear agents who haven't sold a home talk about starting a team. Yeah. Get some, get some successes under your belt and then expand. Yeah, exactly. Now I want to go back. Okay. So then you transitioned to Keller Williams. And now you're transitioning to Keller Williams and you are looking at page 202 in the MREA book. For those that don't know what the MREA book is, that's the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. Regardless of your brand out there, it is a great model book. Go buy it. Go check out page 202. That is what we call the organizational model. And what we, Lee was alluding to is in there, you'll see where, what, who to hire, when, how, and how much, right? So I love what you said. Because you said you, you had a few assistants along the years, and a lot of them have gone on to bigger, brighter things. So I want to go back to you now clearly attracting talent. What do you think it is about Lee Zip that attracts massive talent? Because I'm going to agree, you do attract massive talent. What do you think that Thank is? Thank you. You know, I think, I think being open to hiring people that can move on is really important. I think I see a lot of successful agents not hiring somebody because they think, oh, they're going to stay with me a couple years and they're going to leave me. Or, you know, and so I've never worried about that. You know, mm -hmm. if, if somebody that works with me can be hugely successful going on to something else, we'll find a way to work together. We'll find a way to benefit from each other. Um, and so that's worked out really well for me. Um, I think being open to talk to anybody, not every person that comes in the door is going to be a good fit, but being open to the idea that they might has helped me. Now, obviously, at a certain point, you have to be careful of how you spend your time. Sure. But um, I'm very open-minded about the possibilities of working with people. Yeah. And, yeah. okay, maybe only one in five, one in 10 works out in terms of me hiring them or going into business with them but I'm open to the possibilities going in. And yeah. so maybe I spent a little more time than I should in terms of maximizing my days, but it's, mm -hmm. it's worked out for me. 
Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I want, I want to share a quick little story with everybody about when I was on your team. And, and you know, it's funny, Lee, looking back on it, when I share my story of me being on your team, I, I deemed myself the trash man because I felt like I, 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 got to, I put my hand in every single role of the business, whether that was uh, administrative stuff, whether it was marketing stuff, whether it was going on buyer or seller appointments with you. Yep. Um, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I even took the trash out. So that's, that's the, the phrase that I coined myself, but I want to share with everybody this story. So do you remember when you, you tasked me with holding you accountable to lead generate? And, and I had to create a list for you of people to call. And, and this is a story that I'll never forget. So you weren't a big fan. You, that wasn't really something you wanted to really do is sit down and make calls every day, but you did it. Still and, a struggle. And, still, uh, still a struggle. <laughs> there was a call that you made, and, and I don't remember, but it was a, a home in Little Homie Hills. Do you remember that one? That hadn't been on the market in 50 plus years. And yep. this was someone that you called from that list of something like that, that we went on to list, sell, you picked up the buyer. Uh, they, they then went and bought a flat in Beverly Hills. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, great memory. One of my one of my favorite transactions of all time, actually. Mm -hmm. They were amazing people. So, so all that to be said, everybody. Lee attracts talent. He he allows the talent then to hold them accountable. Lee, I think that's one of the things that uh, is is really neat about you is you allow people to come in, and you give them and empower them to hold you accountable. Right, you're the one who's writing the checks, but you help them hold you accountable, and then they then empower you to get better. Would you agree? I totally agree. It's a very tough job. I mean, I am, I am a very tough person to corral to, because I'm so easily distractible. Um, and, um, you know, uh, David Martinez, who works with me, has learned how to manage me. Mm -hmm. He's got a tough job and yeah. uh, he, he does a very good job of it, uh, but it's a daily challenge for him, for sure. And without David there to kind of, you know, remind me that, hey, you got, got a job to do here, buddy. Um, you know, I'd be in 20 different directions or 20 more directions than I already am. Well, what do you think David does well for you? He is a great compliment to me because he is super organized. Hmm. He's super detail oriented. I am really, really great at seeing the big picture. I'm, it's what makes me a really great deal maker, if I do say so myself, because I can figure out, okay, where's the sweet spot for both parties? But, you know, I might miss, if I'm reading a 20-page document, I might miss something in there, and David will catch it. You know, mm -hmm. David will remember that there's a spot on the wall in the third bedroom that needs touching up, mm -hmm. you know? I might miss the entire third bedroom. Right. <laughs> You know, I walk in, I've got no, I've got no patience. I go, okay, I got it. Three bedrooms, two baths, 2,500 square feet on 7,500 square foot lot. I'm done. Okay, let's go. Boom. I'm out of it. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so over it already. And, and David's like going through and saying, okay, we've got to fix that. Got to fix that. So it's yeah. a good team. Yeah, you, for need, sure. I, you need a compliment. You got to know where your weaknesses are. Yeah, for sure. And I want to hold that thought of knowing your weakness. I want to come back to that in a second. I'll also say that you were one of the first people, if not the only person that taught me how to walk through an open house and or go preview a property in under two minutes, right? <laughs> in and 
out, in and out. So go back to that because here's what I have found. Whether they're mega agents or top producing people, ego sometimes gets in the way. And when that ego gets in the way, it doesn't allow the mega agents to actually share where they're not good. What would you say to someone who might be in that space that says, hey, listen, I've got all this covered. Yeah, I might know my weaknesses, but someone's got to come in here and figure all that out. I mean, what would you say to someone knowing what you know now about David and how you can help some of these people to say, hey, listen, sit down, shut up and listen and understand your weaknesses. How would you tell them to go about that? Well, it's very hard. I'm not sure if you can teach people to check their ego. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges for a real estate agent, you know, our job when you're representing a buyer is to get them the house. Mm -hmm. When you're representing a seller is to get the house sold, right? And too many of us let our egos get in the way of that, trying to be the star of the show, right? And so, you know, I constantly having to remind myself, hey, your job is to get the job done. That's your job, right? Mm -hmm. Not to be the star of the show. And it, it's, I'm constantly fighting that because I've got as big an ego as anybody. Um, but it's a matter of what works. And I think we've got to all remind ourselves, what is our really what we want at the end of the day? We want to, whatever it is, you want to sell more homes, you want to have a better relationship with your wife, you want to have a better relationship with your kids. In order to do all these things, you've got to prioritize what's more important, my ego gratification in the moment mm -hmm. or getting the job done. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I'm sure, I'm sure people just wrote that down. So prioritizing what's important to you is, you know, that, that's, that's, that's tough for some people. I think it's tough for all of us. Oh, listen, I yeah. can't tell you how many times I want to tell David to just go take a hike, get out of my life. I'm the boss. I've got my rent paid for the next 12 months. I'm all good, dude. Just leave me alone, right? right. <laughs> right. But I know, I know that I won't be happy at the end of the year if I'm doing, you know, whatever, 200,000 in gross commissions. It's not going to make me feel good about myself, even though that's a great living, right? right. That's better than most Americans. And mm -hmm. I should be, I'd be 100% grateful to make that much money if that, if my ego, that's where my ego comes in. In order for me to feel good, I've got to produce certain things. Sure. And, yeah. and in order to do that, I got to let other people do their jobs and mm. get out, get out the way of myself. Yeah, that's that's really good. So speaking of, so so how's 2020 shaping up for you? What's what's been going on with with Corona? I mean, has it? Have you seen an impact in the business? I know. Uh, Lee's in California, clearly, if you forgot. Uh, so California was one of those early shutdown states, wasn't it? We were shut down on um, May, uh, March 18th. Wow. Is uh, when uh, I went home. Um, so it's been, uh, well, two months today. How about that? Yeah, how about um, that? Yeah. And um, I had a lot of deals in the pipeline. At the, so March was a good month, but didn't get anything back into escrow until last week. Hmm. So that's a long dry spell with no new escrows. Yeah. Now things are really picking up. Um, the first deal was uh, my buyer in multiple offers, five offers on a property. Wow. Um, and I've got multiple offers on two listings right now. Mm. And we're negotiating both of those. Hopefully they'll both be in escrow by tomorrow. 
Wow. So the market, people are shifting, you know, people still need to buy homes mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. There are renters, they don't want to be renters. They um, have kids, they need more space. Whatever all those reasons were before coronavirus, they still exist. Right. They're still there. Mm -hmm. So, and so our job is, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so, so what are you going to do now? Uh, again, what, so let, let's go over production real quick. So what'd you do in 2019? Just curious, volume or units? Yeah, uh, about uh, 750000 in uh, gross commission just from me, not counting what people on my team did. Gotcha, perfect. And now with Corona, has that slowed you down? Are you on track to do that or more this year? Where, where are you now? Just curious. Well, I always feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it out. <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, I'll, have sell, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to sell something big for sure. Um, and uh, I've got a beautiful uh, listing for 8.5 million, which I am going to sell. Good. I've got another amazing deal for 7.5 for a developer. Um, and all of these things will start to come back online. The lower end is what's really flying right now. Really? So, um, yeah, no, I'm confident that we'll do it. I just, you know, got to keep plugging away. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let, let's, let's pause that thought. So now, uh, are you still an OP or are you not an OP anymore? I am back in the OP position as of November. Back in the OP. I'm, I'm loving it. I am the OP of Keller Williams Pacific Estates, which is located in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And I am a little biased, but and apologies to my Beverly Hills office, but I think uh, Keller Williams Pacific Estates is the finest office in the country. Hey, wow. That's, that's, that's big language. I, I say that without a smile. I am dead serious. I think it's the best office in the country. Uh, me and my, uh, my partner, Robert Eigner, have... Uh, taken back over the uh, OP leadership uh, position. Uh, we hired a fantastic team leader in Mark Groves, an incredible MCA in Julie DiMadiros. We've got an incredible support staff and the finest group of agents I've ever met. So walk us through that. So again, you've been in real estate now for over two decades. So you've seen a lot of real estate companies. You've seen a lot of real tours. And now you are claiming, and I probably wouldn't disagree with you, because I know what type of leader you are, that you have one of the best office. What, what do you feel makes that the best office you've, you've ever been a part of or, or experienced? What, what makes that a, the best? There's something about the synergy mm. of that office that is hard to put my finger on. Part of it is the culture in Long Beach, which is only 30 miles away from Beverly Hills, but it might as well be 3,000 miles away in terms of the difference in culture. Um, the um, the physical space is is just great. I got to give kudos to the original team leader David Collin, who who uh, really designed the uh, the workspace there. Um, the um, you come into that office at eight thirty in the morning, and it's a beehive. Mm. Um, we just today your timing is good, Adam. Just today we open back up. Did you really? Nice. Yeah, a lot of precautions. You know, we are being super, super safe. But I'm so excited that we're back in the office um, carefully. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So let, let's go to this real quick, because again, I want our listeners to hear this. We have an equation inside of the I Love Recruiting world, and that is called recruiting equals influence equals leadership. And that can be inverted as well. Leadership equals influence equals recruiting. 
So with your world as now the operating principal, I'm going to go backwards because yours is leadership, right? You have to lead now this team leader, which then influences um, uh, Mark to, to then go out and be the best recruiter he can be, right? Yes, that, that's yeah. what we need to do. We started, we had some rebuilding to do there. So mm -hmm. we focused internally first. I wanted to get our base set so that we had the support of all our agents, have them feeling great about the office so that when anybody was talking about the office and referenced anybody they knew there, they said, yeah, these guys have got their act together. They have created a great working environment. They're going places you should join. Mm -hmm. Hmm. As, opposed to, as opposed to immediately having Mark go out and start recruiting right off the bat. Right. So now, now he's not only recruiting with the systems and models, if you will, that KW has to offer to make an agent, help an agent get to where they want to grow faster. They also have the environment now that they can come into and which could be conducive for them to grow even well, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're looking, we're looking to our agents to help us find the talent that's out there in the community. Gotcha. So, so you're leveraging that culture and you're leveraging that feeling uh, that the agents have to just let it go spread organically. Yes. Love that. Absolutely. Love that. Hey, let's, let's dive into leadership real quick. So where would you say, total curiosity, where, do you, where would you say your strong suits are as a leader? Uh, looking now at Mark, knowing the opportunity that he has, what, what, what are, what's, what's Lee Ziff's strong suits in the leadership space? I think my strong suit is the big picture, mm -hmm. um, the vision of where we can go, um, and, and being very sensitive to the importance of a great working environment, both for our staff and for our agents. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I'm someone who's willing to do what it takes to create a great working environment. That's really important for me, um, even when that environment happens to be remotely, you know, um, and, um, and making sure that everybody knows how much they're appreciated, whether they be agents or staff. I think that's super important. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, we, we had my office here in Charleston, very similar to, to your Long Beach office. When we started, I mean, it, when I started it, um, or let me rephrase that, when I took it over, we had about 130 agents. And we, we dove right into creating the right vision statement, which was to be the most attractive and vibrant office in all of Charleston. And for me, very similar to what you just did right there, I changed the colors of the wall, I changed the carpet, and then I put Sono speaker in every corner. And I didn't care if Dolly Parton was playing or Tupac was playing, or in LBC's case, Snoop Dogg was playing, right? Um, and, and that changed the environment. So it sounds like too, you then went down that path and you took it a step further and you said, we're going to now come back in the appreciation space to ensure that we now attract people, right? Yes, absolutely. Another, another thing I think I bring to the table is if, if something's not working, I'm not mm -hmm. afraid to stop it. And sometimes that's really hard, whether that be someone who's not fitting into the culture and you've got to say goodbye, um, or, um, you know, there's something about your system that isn't just isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not afraid to change it. So what would you say to someone, because that's not an easy thing to do in the leadership space, right? Leaders have to make tough decisions. And sometimes those decisions 
are not agreed upon by the masses. So give us an example that, that would be something that you have had to change that maybe wasn't everyone's, yeah, sure, Lee, rah, 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 let's make this decision. But it's like, no, we need to do this for the betterment of the company. Could you give us an example? I think that the, um, in terms of, it was more a, um, uh, not so much a change, but how we uh, recruited our team leader would be the example. Okay. Uh, we had the opportunity, uh, three different, very successful Keller Williams team leaders, let it be known that they were interested in the position. Okay. And that would have been the safe way to go, for sure. Okay. And we wouldn't have gone wrong. They would have been fine. These are really, really good recruiters with experience. In some ways, it would have made our lives so much easier to have just gone with an experienced KW team leader. Instead, we went outside the box. We took somebody from the commercial space, and I'm looking to Mark to grow our commercial division. I think that's a huge opportunity for most Keller Williams offices. And he was somebody, uh, talk about persistence. My partner, Robert Eigner, had been cold calling Mark for 15 years. Wow. First, first to try and get him as an agent, then to try and get him as a, um, a team leader for one of his offices, and then just to stay in touch. Wow. So the fortune's truly yeah. in the follow-up. Yes. And so, <laughs> and, and so I felt very strongly that it was the right move, in spite of the fact that it was slightly riskier and uh, you know, definitely more unconventional to choose, to choose him over experienced uh, team leader for an office of 350 people. Wow. 350 agents. That's incredible. Wow. So, so I want to pause there just for one second. So 15 years, Rob got nose. Yeah, y'all hearing that? 15 years, he heard the word no, and no means just not right now. And clearly that was the case here because now guess what? Now is the time. Good for, good for you guys and Rob. Yeah. And he was in a great position right now. He was in with a solid national company in a job that paid well. And he kind of liked his, I shouldn't say kind of like, he liked his job. Okay. But it turned out he was ready for a challenge and a change. So, hey, help our, help our audience figure this out real quick. Because I'm sure they've talked to people that are happy where they are, right? That could be an objection that they have to hear. I'm happy where I am. What did you do or what did you and Rob do to, for him to see the opportunity here and take this when he was happy where he was? You know, I think part of it was skill and part of it was luck. Okay. The luck was that he was up for, for a, a new challenge and a growth opportunity. He saw we were able to impart on him. Here's where the skill comes in. We were able to impart on him the vision of where he could go with this position. But we also got lucky that he was up for a new challenge and, you know, was willing to leave the safe confines of a steady salary with a national company. Um, and we also, I think, had the synergy with him personally, which I think is so important. I think mm -hmm. everybody wants to feel like the person they're going into business with is a good fit. Right. And so when we're recruiting, I think making that personal connection is, is just so important. 
And, you know, some, some people are, are better at that than others of connecting with everybody. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, Mark, Rob, and I just happen to be, have really great synergy. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Well, kudos to you guys. Great job there, man. That's, that's 15 years in the making. Now, again, here's what I want everyone to hear real quick because I want to wrap this up. Lee just said they helped David see the vision, right? And when, when you can actually help someone see a vision, recruiting becomes easy, right? Then it becomes just all about influencing, leading that individual to see that they can actually have their world fit into your world because maybe your vision's bigger than theirs is and they can accomplish what they want inside of their own world in your world. Lee, that's great stuff. Really cool stuff. One other thing, Adam, I'd like to share yeah. is I always believe that if something is going to work for both people, there's a way to make it work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know, I knew when I met Mark that there was a way for us to come to a deal where we were offering probably more than we wanted to. And he was taking maybe a little less than he wanted to, but um, there was a sweet spot there. And I had that, that faith immediately upon meeting him. We can, we can make a deal here. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, it's, we, call, we call that a win-win, right? It's a win-win. It's got to be a win-win. Win-win or no deal. Okay, cool. So, Lee, where can people go find you personally, number one, if they have referrals that they want to send to Beverly Hills? Uh, number two, if they want to join your Long Beach office, how do they join? Um, well, they can contact me either way on my cell phone, 310-991-3977, or just go to my website, leeziff.com, C-I-F-F, leeziff.com. L-E-E-Z-I-F-F.com. That is the man right there. Well, I'll tell you, Lee, it's hard to believe. We've been doing this friendship now for over 20 years. I love that we both have the same haircut now. I mean, that speaks volume to our relationship, I think. And uh, you, you've been, I gotta tell you, personally, uh, all joking aside, you've been someone in my life that has really impacted me at a really high level. And uh, I want to let it be known to the world right now that I'm super grateful for you and forever just loved, uh, uh, love, love you, man. And this has been, um, it's just been a cool ride for the last 20 years for sure. That means a lot to me, Adam, because I'm always bragging about you. This guy was an assistant. Look at him now. <laughs> oh, it's been fun. Well, everybody, go to LeeZiff.com. Go find him. Go check him out. And uh, if you like the show, fantastic. If you didn't like the show, that's okay, too. Just go leave us a comment and let us know what you think uh, at the I Love Recruiting Download Podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your, your podcast. And go check us out at iloverecruiting.com. And, hey, if you want more information about us, go, go put in your first name, your last name, and email address, and we'll send you more stuff on recruiting. So my name is Adam Roach. I'm your host, and this was with Lee Ziff in Beverly Hills, California. Take care, Lee. Thank you, Adam. It's great.